Welcome to the Navigating Your Career podcast. This is the place for you to figure out your next career move, learn how to speak up and show up as the real you, and discover the path that brings out the best in you. If you want to stop feeling stuck, start feeling better, and take ownership of your career and your life, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Melissa Lawrence. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of Navigating Your Career. This week, I have a special guest joining me, Trushar Agarwal, who we worked together at AstraZeneca, and he has since moved on to another role as a director with Kite Pharma, and we are going to talk about career pivots and what that looked like for him, and then also his advice for Uh, what you can do if you feel like it's time for a pivot, or even if you are in a situation where you're kind of forced into a pivot due to a reorg. So we are going to talk about that too. So let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Today, I have Trushar Agrawal with me, and we work together at AstraZeneca, and we are going to talk about career pivots. So as you know, I've now moved on and I have a career coaching practice and Trushar's also moved on. And so we're going to talk about what his career journey has looked like and his advice for making pivots in your career. So Trushar, welcome to the podcast. Um, Can you give our listeners just a little bit of an introduction about who you are, your current role, um, any other background information that you want to provide? Yeah. Hi, Melissa. Uh, good morning. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. I'm Tushar Agrawal. And as Melissa said, you know, uh, we both work at AstraZeneca together. Uh, I'm currently uh, Director of Quality Systems uh, and Compliance with uh, Kite Pharma, which is part of a Gilead company. And uh, I've been with this company for almost two years now. Uh, you know, in my personal life, uh, something about me, uh, you know, I've been married for 17 years. I uh, have two kids, uh, three years old and a 12 year old. Uh, they always keep me busy when I'm away from work. Uh, so, you know, other than that, uh, I, you know, something about me, I, I came to United States almost uh, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, the idea was at that time uh, to pursue my master's in chemical engineering. Uh, you know, spent two years here. I really liked everything about it. And then uh, got my first break. And then, uh, you know, I fast forward 18 years. Uh, and here I am. Uh, so now overall, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great journey, uh, uh, you know, uh, but uh, my early, early, early period uh, in this country, you know, uh, I can, I can speak in more detail later on, but uh, uh, it was, it was somewhat challenging to begin with. Yeah, it sounds like you have a full plate. <laughs> <laughs> so if we back up to when you started your career in industry, can you give us a high level overview of your journey from entry level to now, kind of the companies and different roles that you have had? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I was just saying a minute ago, right, I I, I came here uh, to the United States uh, to pursue my master's right after my master's year 2002, right? Not the best time uh, to look for the job, you know, because of all the unfortunate incident that happened in 2001. And I was in the job market and, uh, you know, I was pretty much applying for any job that I could get. And, uh, you know, even with my chemical engineering degree, uh, people were turning me down because, you know, there were not enough jobs and, you know, there were some other things around visa. Uh, I applied for some jobs where I was, you know, grossly overqualified, 
and uh, i was turned down at that time just because you know maybe i was too qualified for some of those jobs uh so no definitely were very very hard uh, but uh, i ended up getting uh, up my first job uh in in boston uh, as a company called aspentech they were making uh, simulation software for chemical engineering and i did that for a few months and uh, then i then i realized you know uh, all of a sudden that this is not uh, uh something that i'm going to enjoy uh, for a long time and uh, then then you know i started speaking with uh, folks in industry and uh, uh, somebody i knew uh, you know uh, put me in touch with a company a, a consulting company a very small consulting company and they were looking for somebody entry level in uh, to you know work in pharmaceuticals and at that time i didn't know anything about pharmaceuticals other than you know uh, i have some family members that take drugs and uh, i take multivitamins but other than that i had no clue <laughs> that right take you know medicine right <laughs> exactly <laughs> right so so it was <laughs> so it was it was funny you know and uh, i got my first uh, i would say a break uh, in uh, pharmaceutical about 18 years ago and uh, i'm just so glad it worked out that way and uh, you know uh, since then i haven't changed uh, i guess the industry i have been in pharma for 18 years now okay and so after how long were you at that first position before you moved on to another company yeah so i was i was with that company for a uh, good 2 years and uh, you know I, the reason i had to uh, kind of you know move on from there uh, because uh, it, it you know there was a lot of travel involved and uh, just like it goes in on any other company you know you you know you you make network connections and i started talking to uh, people that were you know helping me with the project and they were working with me and uh, there was another opportunity in uh, indianapolis at that time and uh, you know it was a lead role and uh, they're like hey would you like to you know go for this and i ended up going for it so you know i, I changed my job at that time uh, because of that reason uh, but uh, once once you you know uh, one one thing i would tell you right about uh, pivoting career networking is very important so kind of keep that in mind as you as you move forward yeah it sounds like that really helped you get into that next position right in indianapolis absolutely that's correct okay okay and so what position was that so that was a position as a validation engineer and uh, uh what validation engineer is people who are not in the industry is basically you are qualifying all the pharmaceutical equipment uh, processes uh and uh, it is it is almost like a, you know making sure the quality is 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 correct and the equipment functions the way it should before you start using them for manufacturing operation and uh, i worked with many good companies uh, uh, you know with the time i was with jacobs engineering and i worked uh, i did some projects with eli lillian company in indianapolis area uh, i worked for a small company called anzan uh, you know some other small projects uh, but it was a great experience you know most of my experience early on melissa has been uh, uh, starting up new facilities i, I really really enjoy working uh, with uh, you know almost a new set of people every time uh, a very grassroots environment where uh, we are building everything from scratch and uh, there are lots of unknowns and you kind of figure out as you go uh, so it was it was a lot of fun i worked for jacobs engineering for almost 5 years at that point okay and what brought you out to maryland yeah so so you know when i was working with uh, jacobs engineering in indianapolis uh, you know my wife was expecting our first child and again you know uh, the, the whole nature of uh, 
this consulting business, uh, being, you know, uh, always on the client side and uh, traveling and, you know, looking for new work every time uh, was very difficult. And then, uh, uh, you know, we, we we found a permanent job, right? Uh, I found a permanent job uh, with, with a more established pharmaceutical company. Uh, so I, I spent some time there, uh, you know, before we came to Maryland, right? It was, it, it was with Baxter Healthcare in, uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, right after that, you know, I was I was almost speaking in my career at that company. I, I felt that way, and uh, there were not many opportunities. You know, given it was a small town, uh, I was working with a great bunch of people. It was a great company to work for, uh, but just you know, uh, the new opportunities uh, were not there. And uh, I, I, you know, somebody I knew in the industry, I, I called this person and I said, hey, you know, I heard that. You know, people in your uh, company are looking for uh, someone for this specific role, and uh, uh, I found out that he was the hiring manager, the person I was talking to. So mm-hmm. you know, very 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 small world. So it's like, hey, you know, you wanna come and work for me? And I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that 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 that's how I ended up, you know, uh, being at AstraZeneca. Uh, yeah, I I came there uh, because. It, you know, I knew somebody who I was going to work for. And the other thing, uh, it was a new plant that we were building at AstraZeneca. And uh, as I said, I, I really enjoy building new plants uh, and building new technologies as well as, uh, you know, building new teams. Uh, and that's what Melissa brought me to Maryland. Okay. And then, so you were at AstraZeneca for how long again? It was a few years, right? About, about five years or so. Okay. And then you yeah. went to Kite where you are now. Yep, okay. yep. So I left at AstraZeneca about two years ago, and I joined Kite Pharma. Again, you know, they were building a new facility here in Urbana, uh, Maryland, uh, which is, you know, uh, very, only five to seven minutes from my house, right? So that, that also helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the overall mission of the company, you know, they're making, they are, they are curing cancer here, right? I mean, all the pharma companies I worked for, we were making life-saving drugs. Uh, but there's just something very special about this place, right? And uh, I, I really, really enjoy uh, working here so far. Yeah. So it sounds like with these different changes that you've made, I mean, some involved moves too, that a lot of them were guided by your family, but then also you knowing about yourself that you really have a passion for kind of startups and helping to build something. Is there anything else that kind of goes through your mind when you're thinking about whether or not you're ready or interested in making kind of a pivot in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, personal choices, right, or your personal circumstances, you know, they play a huge part. But uh, other than that, right, you're spending uh, eight to 10 hours every day of your life, you know, uh, working and sometimes more, right, even the technology and everything, they're always connected to work. Uh, it's very important to kind of know what you like. And uh, every time I made a move, it was never out of a desperation, right? Uh, I, w- what I tell people, and uh, and this is what I did, you need to really uh, spend some time to understand where the industry is going. You need to really stay current uh, with uh, what's going on, right? And uh, so when I was looking for a job, I, I did not apply for any random place. I only had like five or six companies in my mind based on my research uh, you know, and the type of work they were doing. And I'm like, this is where I want to work. And if I get it, it's great. If not, then I will probably you know, look for the other tier. Uh, so what it, what it does, it really helps you uh, narrow down 
the industry that you you want to work in, the field that you want to work in, and the type of role you want to have. Uh, so, so that's something I, I, I advise people. You know, when you are trying to make a move, uh, just just you know, not only look at the job title, but also look at the company itself. You know, uh, look at the culture, and if you know the people that you are going to work with, if there is any way to find out, uh, that could be very helpful as well. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting approach that I think can help you create boundaries for yourself, so you don't end up settling or mm-hmm. working for a company or in a role that you wouldn't really be happy working in if you kind of already decide these are the companies that I'm interested in and these are the types of roles that I'm interested in. So for people that may hear that and feel like they're just really unhappy where they are and so they're applying at a lot of different places just trying to get out and go towards something else so that they can maybe do work that's more satisfying for them or have a better work-life balance, whatever the reason is, then what would you tell them as far as like building that patience to stay where they are until they're ready to make the move that they know is right for them as opposed to just applying everywhere and taking whatever is open to them? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Melissa. And, uh, you know, what I would say, the grass, you know, is always greener on the other side, you know, as the cliche goes. And uh, there is a lot of truth in that, right? Uh, at least where you are working, uh, you know what you are dealing with, right? And uh, whenever you make a job change, you know, whether you are single, you know, with family or whatnot, but it is a big, big move for you. So you want to be very careful, uh, just, just you know, randomly going for any company. I, you know, the way I look at it, sometimes if you don't know the company that you are going to work for, uh, take time to interview your boss, right? Uh, I, I remember one time when I was being interviewed, you know, uh, the hiring manager took like 45 minutes to ask me all the questions and I did not have any time to ask any questions. I actually had to ask the HR uh, rep uh, to start up another call because I had many questions I wanted answered, right? And, and, and he asked me, right, oh, do you want to interview your boss? I'm like, of course, yes, I'm going to work, right? And I want to make sure that, you know, uh, he can also, you know, answer some of the things that I have on my mind. So, so no, it's very important. I would say, you know, let's not get desperate. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you are, you are going to get a feeling that, you know, you're going to get miserable in your job, right? So don't wait until the point where you're just going to, you know, fall apart, right? Uh, read the signs, right? Read the message. Uh, read it in between the lines and then start making the move if you are definite, if you're not really happy where you're working. Yeah, I love that interviewing your boss. I always advocate for that too and tell people that it's a two-way street. It's not just, are they thinking you're the right person for the role, but do you think you're the right person for the role? And do you think it's a culture that you can work in and it's a boss you can work for? Um, And I think that also helps with the interview process because I think when people go into it and they're just like, I want them to like me, I want them to think I'm qualified, I want them to hire me, mm-hmm. then they're not thinking as objectively about the role and about actually being in that environment and how they can be successful in that environment. So that's, that's great. exactly right. I yep. love that you called back and took that initiative. It's <laughs> I want, I want uh, more time. I have some questions. That's great. Yeah, it could have backfired, but you know, uh, yeah. I think it was worth it. <laughs> well, but then you would know it wasn't the right job for you, right? If it was someone that wasn't go. willing to take the time to answer your questions. I uh, 100% agreed. Yep. Yeah. So with all of these different pivots that you've made, have you regretted any of them? 
you know, I, I did not regret any of my decisions. Uh, and uh, it's not that I made all the right decisions. You know, you always have some setbacks uh, every now and then. But I don't regret any, uh, you know, a career move that I have taken so far, to be honest. That's good. You've learned something from everything that you've gone through, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you think about your career development plan, then when you're deciding that, you know, maybe you're ready for your next startup or your next challenge, um, what do you think about when you think about creating your development plan? Yeah. So, you know, career development plan, I always, uh, you know, talk to my staff that they need to, you know, keep me honest with that career development plan. And, uh, and you know, even with my, uh, you know, direct, a supervisor, right? I, I try to make sure that they understand uh, um, what my career aspirations are. So, keeping your manager on the toes, I think, is very important. Uh, if you don't tell your manager what you want, uh, you know, sometimes it's not going to happen. Uh, for career development plan, right? Uh, you should always look at two to three years plan. You know, I'm I'm not a huge proponent of uh, eight to ten years plan because you know. Life can take you wherever, uh, you know, in, in that many years, years, especially for me. So I always plan, you know, uh, my, my long-term, long-range plan is always two to three years and short-range plan is like six to 12 months. So think about next two to three years and see where you uh, where you want to go, you know, what your strengths are. And uh, uh, your career development plan should not be around what your strength is, right? Because, you know, if you are going to be in your comfort zone, uh, you're never going to learn different things. So always try to, you know, fill in the gaps, right? So if you don't have certain skills, try to go for that skill and make sure you are really out of your comfort zone, right? Because, you know, when you are out of your comfort zone, it really brings the best out of you. Uh, at least, it, 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 you know, it does for me. And uh, so that would be my advice. And, uh, you know, make sure that you are not only speaking with your supervisor, you are speaking with your peers about your plan. You are speaking with people that really matter in your company. Uh, some skip level meetings would be very useful as well. So, so you are letting people know that, you know what, this is what I want to do because you just don't know, right? When people know that this is what you want and if there are opportunities in that area, they can, they can definitely, you know, uh, put you there. And so do you have any, um, you know, like, I don't know if you've heard the term, like a personal board of directors or kind of like people that you share your development plan with for feedback, or do you just do it by yourself with the partnership of your manager? So, so the way I look at it, if you have a mentor, right, and not everyone is uh, very uh, lucky to have a mentor. Uh, it, it took me many years to really, you know, uh, meet somebody, you know, uh, that I really, really, you know, could trust. And somebody who could really, you know, drive me, right? Uh, so if you really have someone that you could trust, it doesn't have to be your manager, you know. I, I actually prefer that it's not only your manager; it's somebody who can really, you know, help you guide. Uh, it could be your, you know, uh, your your spouse, partner. It could be somebody in the industry, you know, uh, who can help you guide. But share your goals and, uh, you know, see what they think. It's always good to get feedback. Uh, so yeah, I, I strongly encourage, right. Uh, you know, kind of speaking with people and just getting their feedback as well. Yeah. Um, and did your approach around your development plan change when you went from being an individual contributor to a people leader? Oh yes, absolutely. Individual contributor, uh, and people manager, very, very different skill sets. And, uh, you know, 
early on in my career, I was very, very happy, you know, uh, as an individual contributor. I really liked what I was doing. You know, I, I was controlling my destiny. Uh, and it's, 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 it's very different uh, role uh, than uh, leading a team of people, right? And I almost hate the term people manager, right? Because, you know, it, it's not only management. You are, you are you know, I, I see more as a leading team, right? And you have a bunch of bright individuals in your team and uh, you are responsible uh, for the work that's assigned to your team. Uh, so you need to get that done, but at the same time, you need to look at uh, their development. You need to look at uh, their aspirations. Uh, so that role is much more complex, uh, you know, uh, and uh, you need to really, you know, think about your team before you, you know, only think about you. And you also need to, you know, make sure all the uh, business KPIs and directives you have, right, you are fulfilling them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, individual contributor role in a technical capacity could be very, very difficult. Uh, but you are still, you know, just worrying about, you know, you need to deliver at the end of the day. You are not, you know, uh, overly worried about other people's objectives because you have other people, managers that are looking at it. So so to me, that was kind of a you know, major difference for me uh, when I moved from uh, individual contributor to a people manager role. And uh, boy, it comes fast, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. if you have... Uh, you know, a couple of people in your team, they're going to you know, drive you and they're going to, you know, uh, make you think, uh, then, then you become a good manager pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Challenging employees. Yep. Um, so when you think back on your career, is there something that you wish you would have known that you know now? Oh, yes. Uh, so I would say the single most important thing is, uh, power of networking, I think. Uh, and, uh, just making yourself, uh, uh, you know, known to other people, right? You know, making your interests known to other people. So early in my career, uh, I, I was doing my job, right? You know, I would speak with my manager. You know, this is what I'm doing. I would do all everything that was assigned to me. Uh, but I really missed out uh, on many opportunities, right? I, I saw many other things happening around me, but I had no one to blame other than myself because I was really not networking. And uh, people around me that did not know what my interest was and uh, that just thought, you know, oh, you know, this guy is only good for this. Uh, so that's where I felt, you know, uh, I, I really kind of missed out a little bit and I, w- I could have done a little differently. Uh, uh, but I learned fast and uh, I, I tell everyone uh, nowadays, right, you should always, always network. And I know it's not the easiest thing to do to call people uh, and uh, just, you know, uh, chat about things. But but trust me, there are there are a lot of uh, people in your company you will find that would really appreciate that you are taking time to network with them and uh, sharing your passion uh, because you know people they are they really matter in the organization. They're always looking for people that can do different things and they are open to new challenges. So so please go out and network as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's really great advice. So when someone's thinking about networking, they might say, well, that's easier said than done. Like, how do I just call someone up and ask them to network? So do you have like a tip or a trick that you would use? Like, is it just asking people for coffee or um, finding a mutual interest? Like, do you have anything that you found has been like an easy icebreaker to start that networking? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, I think the best thing to do, uh, especially if you are working with that person uh, and you're not interacting over Zoom. Interaction over Zoom, I definitely see has you know more challenges than uh, you know speaking with one on one. 
But uh, yeah, just a simple icebreaker, you know, uh, just uh, introducing yourself with a brief email. And, uh, you know, if you know something about that person, just say that, hey, you know, I, I have learned about this, you know, this about you. And uh, this is what I'm working in. I really would like to know more about what you do, right? And maybe start the conversation there and maybe ask for 30 minutes of their time. Don't ask for like an hour, but set something up, you know, two or three weeks from now. Uh, so that way, you know, they have time to speak with you. Maybe pick a day like Friday, right? You know, uh, where the mood is a little light. Uh, as you just said, you know, over coffee, uh, you know, if you enjoy alcoholic beverages and if they're open, maybe, you know, <laughs> take them out, take them out for beer or something, you know, I think I never a bad idea. Yeah, take the edge off before the meeting. There you go. <laughs> off work hours, of course, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, can you think of um, a setback that you've had in your career and kind of how you worked through it? Uh, so I would say stagnation was the biggest setback for me right you know just being stuck in a role uh for a long time um so i wouldn't call it like a major setback but uh if you are not uh, learning new things you're not acquiring new skill uh, or doing different it doesn't mean you need to change jobs it just you know even in your job if you're just doing the same thing over and over uh you can get bored pretty easily right and uh you know knowing the uh um, all the millennials now right I, it's, it's very difficult for them uh to do the same thing over and over uh so that was one of the biggest problems for me at that time and uh sometime you know you know we all had good managers and bad managers right and uh, when your manager uh, sometimes does not believe in your skill or maybe you know they have a certain mindset that this person is only good for this uh and you know that would really kind of throw you off uh mm -hmm. so always take feedback with a grain of salt right you should always seek feedback from everyone uh, i still remember melissa days when i got a feedback uh, from one manager that you know i act in a certain way and i need to improve on that and right after that within six months you know the, my manager changed and i got a completely opposite feedback right uh, so maybe I was, you know, uh, overcompensating or, uh, you know, it's just, you know, who you work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just need to, you know, take the feedback with a grain of salt and uh, uh, see what's what what really interests you. Right. And try not to just do the same thing over and over, because when you are doing that, right, you know, you, you kind of stop adding value uh, mm -hmm. to the company as well as stop adding value uh, to your, you know, uh, long term career plan. Yeah, definitely. I think when people get really bored in their roles and they start being complacent because it's just they're not as engaged because they're not as mentally challenged or um, yep. fulfilled. So um, when you think about people that might be looking to kind of take the next step in their career, specifically kind of in the pharma biotech industry, whether it be from individual contributor to people manager, maybe they're people manager and they want to get to senior leadership, get to like a director level what is like a piece of advice that you would offer them? Yes, absolutely. So I would say know your strengths, right? What you really uh, are good at, uh, what you enjoy doing, right? And then uh, uh, look for opportunities outside. There are, there is, there are so many things uh, that are happening. And if you are uh, staying current with uh, what's going on in the industry, you would find out uh, where you really want to go, right? And uh, I would say, Try to learn things outside of your comfort zone. If you are just, you know, as I was saying earlier, uh, you know, just working in one function and not learning about other functions, it could be difficult as well. 
so if you are an individual contributor, you want to be a people manager, and and you don't have any experience as a people manager, how do you make that switch, right? So what you can do, you can take on small projects, right? You can say, you know what, I'm going to lead a small team and I'm going to complete this project. Make yourself known to your senior management and uh, do things that are, you know, outside of your, uh, you know, eight to five job function. And by doing that, uh, you would really make yourself visible uh, in your organization and people would know that this person is really, you know, ready for the next job. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, if you are not getting everything from your direct manager, you know, speak with uh, other people in the organization that can have an impact uh, on your next career move. Mm -hmm. That's great. Does that help, Melissa? Yeah, it it definitely does. Um, So let's shift a little bit to your management style. So you talked a little bit about talked a little bit about your your management style when it comes to career development. Um, but I'm just curious, given the journey that you've had from individual contributor, moving to different companies, different states, different countries, all of these things, how like what is your management style um, and how did you develop that style? Yes, uh, so it evolves uh, over a period of time. Uh, so when I moved from uh, individual contributor role uh, uh, to my first management role, uh, I was a terrible leader. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a leader, right? I was, you know, I was just trying to keep up with what was going on day to day and just keep my uh, head above the water. And, uh, you know, I soon realized that uh, this was not going to work. Uh, you know, you really need to empower your team, right? And I, I started attending many classes on leadership. I started speaking with uh, people that I thought that were very effective leaders. And I kind of started getting pointers from them. I started following them and see how they function. Uh, and what I noticed that good leaders, right, uh, they don't need to know everything, right? As a matter of fact, nobody, you know, most of the leaders, they really don't, right? You know, the team members, they know more than them about, more than them about that specific function and the role they are playing. So I really believe in uh, empowering uh, your team and making sure uh, that uh, you give them enough room uh, so they can foster. Uh, you know, you allow them to make their own mistakes. Uh, you know, uh, don't make all the decisions for them. Uh, let them make decisions. Uh, help them guide what what needs to be done. I know it's very very you know it's easy to say. It's very difficult to you know really implement it. Uh, it's you know when you know about certain things, you know you you cannot jump in and make a decision. I I do still make that mistake once in a while, but you really need to kind of step back and uh, let your uh, team uh, you know kind of you know. Uh, make that decision, uh, empowering them. And the other thing I will tell you, right, uh, is trust. You need to really gain your team's trust. Uh, They need to know that uh, you are going to be there for them when going gets tough. Uh, You know, everyone is happy when things are going good, but uh, your character is really tested when uh, things are not going in the right direction. So not not covering up for your employee, but, uh, you know, keeping them honest, giving them feedback, but uh, don't crucify them when things are not going right. You know, allow them to make them make their own mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a, a, a style that's very conducive to development, right? To have the opportunity to be able to make your own decisions, to be able to fail sometimes and not let that be something that penalizes you, but that you get to grow from it. Um, I think that's, that's wonderful. I think that's ideal in a lot of situations. <laughs> that's great. Um, Thank you. 
So we spoke a lot about kind of your intentional pivots, like the changes that you've made in your career and what went into your deciding factors around making those choices. So if we then talk about kind of the reality of this industry sometimes, which is that there's a lot of reorgs, it's fast paced, we're ever changing, very dynamic, often matrix environment. What advice would you give to someone that finds themselves in like a forced pivot? So they weren't, Mm -hmm. they didn't choose to make that change, but they found themselves in a reorg structure that just made them shift manager, shift team, shift responsibilities a little bit. What would you tell that person? Oh, it's a great question. And the way, you know, uh, most of the industries are nowadays, right? You know, that happens to probably most of us every now and then. So, uh, this is what I would tell you. You need to really uh, know uh, what was the reason for the reorganization, right? Uh, Was this reorganization done as part of uh, some company moves that were completely uh, out of your control and at the same time, uh, they were not because of you, right? Uh, There are certain moves that, that were made because you were not a good performer and you were moved to a different role, right? So I want to make sure there are two different things we understand. Uh, if you were moved because, you know, companies, business model change and, you know, you need to do something different, that's very different. So you need to really read, uh, you know, uh, the message, right, that your management or your company is sending you. Uh, if uh, if it is part of, uh, you know, regular reorg, then I would say, you know, be patient right? Uh, try to learn new skills. If you are supposed to do something different than what you were doing before now as part of the reorg, I, I, I say it's a good thing. Sometimes, you know, it really makes you think uh, outside of the box. And one person told me a long time ago, that person that I really like, that if you really want to be an effective leader uh, uh, in an organization, you really need to learn about three to four different functions uh, that, you know, that they kind of work with you. So, uh, you know, I spend a good amount of my uh, time in quality, but I spend uh, you know equal amount of time in engineering, in in validation, you know, uh, you know, the, the supply chain. So doing different things, right? So that's 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 something I would say people should do when uh, they are you know, kind of faced with this choice. And at the end of the day, if you feel like this is not working out, then start making your move. However, if you were reorg because of your performance, then you really need to see if this is. Some, something you did or it's just, you know, you are in a wrong place. And uh, at that point, you need to start looking for new opportunities. I know it's not, you know, easy to say, but uh, <laughs> you, you have to do it, you know, uh, because if you are moved to a different role, uh, the company is just giving you some time before they boot you out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. I appreciate that candid that <laughs> candid input on that. I'm sure it's getting a lot of people thinking, hopefully not getting paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay, this is a good segue then, because I wanted to ask you if someone isn't sure what their next move should be. So if they kind of know a little bit about what they like, um, but they're just kind of not fulfilled in their role anymore and they're not sure, um, what all of their strengths are or what might be a good fit for them, um, what advice would you give them to help them figure out their next move? So I, I'll tell you, right, making your next move is almost like uh, buying a new house, right? <laughs> you know, you go with your checklist and, you know, you see, okay, these are the 10 things I want in my house. 
and you look at 10 houses and you know you, you know you're not going to find everything in every house right you're just going to find you know few things so a very very similar thing with uh, job searching when you are looking for a new opportunity uh, you know look for things uh, that really matter to you don't look for you know uh, things that are still there but they really don't you know you really don't care about uh, to me, most important thing, look for the company culture, right? Uh, you know, go on many websites. There are many good websites nowadays where uh, employees, current employees and past employees can, you know, provide the feedback, uh, you know, read the feedback. If you know folks in the company, speak with them. Uh, the, the the job function that you're going to do, learn about the job function and see if that really interests you or not. And there is not going to be any job that's going to be perfect, right? And sometimes if you see this is a great company and uh, the job that you have is not perfect you i would say just jump jump and uh, you know take that job because most companies nowadays uh, they allow you easily uh, to move within company after a few years uh, you know uh, and you know you're going to find out once you join the company that you know what uh, i like this but i could be doing something better here and uh, as part of your career development plan you start working with your manager and other people uh, so it's again, it's a long. Uh, you need to think little long term, and uh, not just wait for uh, you know a, a perfect opportunity, right? Just go with something that seems very close to perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, what are you doing to ensure that you continue to grow as a leader, um, and just as a person, as far as your career development, and your personal development? I would say 360 feedback is very important. Uh, you know, it's one thing to get feedback just from your manager, but try to get feedback uh, from your peers, uh, from your direct reports, and uh, see what are the things uh, that you can improve on. And uh, try to learn new things, right? Uh, just not just not get stuck with uh, what you are doing. Uh, take interest in other functions. So if you are going to different meetings and if you're part of one organization and in that meeting, there is nothing going on that's related to your work, still pay attention, try to, you know, learn. And, uh, you know, and you would realize that, you know, you would learn so much about that function uh, and uh, you can probably contribute at some point. Uh, Understand the business drivers, you know, see where your company is going. What is really, really important for your company? Uh, and that would really make you grow, you know, as a leader. Once you kind of know the drivers, right, what 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 direction the company is going and what is expected out of leaders. Uh, so that's, these are the few things I kind of, you know, try to look at uh, uh, and I try to tell people as well. And, uh, you know, that, that really helps me. That really helped me over the last few years uh, to, uh, uh, I feel like, improve myself. Okay, that's great. That's great advice. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention or or say to our listeners about your pivots, your career, any advice that you'd give? Yeah, absolutely. I would say be very positive. You know, keep a positive mindset. <laughs> uh, things are going to be difficult, right? Uh, the life throws a lot at you. Uh, there are a lot of things uh, we cannot control. Uh, but when you have a positive mindset, uh, you know, uh, most of the things becomes, you know, a lot easier, right? Uh, uh, because it gives you strength. When you have that kind of a mindset, it gives you a lot of strength to work on things. Uh, make sure you have two or three good people that you can count on uh, that can, you know, guide you, that can give you honest feedback and uh, tell you what's, what's going on and uh, what you can improve on. Uh, 
and the other thing don't let other people push you around uh, what i mean by that you know once you know uh, that uh, you know this is not your weakness but you know if somebody is telling you this is your weakness ask other people and if you don't get the same feedback uh, just don't let somebody you know uh, drive your next career move right you need to be smart enough and uh, know uh, that that may not be the right company for you at that point mm-hmm. and you need to you know uh, move on uh but you all but at the other end right you just you, you can't be doing the same thing right you know if you do the same thing you get jaded uh so try learning new skills with a positive mindset uh would be very helpful yeah that sounds really good so it sounds like you're saying know yourself and know what you want know what you're good at and i think i've heard a saying something like feedback is a gift and you get to decide if you want to keep it or return it that's right <laughs> 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 you can validate it and decide if it's something that you want to keep or if it's something you gift to someone else. Exactly. <laughs> right? Return it for credit. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your journey. I'm sure that it was very valuable for everyone to hear. Hey, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for the opportunity. Good luck, okay. everyone. <laughs> That is all for this week's episode of Navigating Your Career. Thank you for tuning in. If you are interested in pursuing one-on-one coaching, I invite you to apply. Head to my website at www.melissamlawrence.com and you can fill out the application right there. So we can get started on helping you make a pivot that is going to work for you. All right, have a great week.